Well, hey everyone, we miss seeing you guys in person today. We are having church from home because so many of our people will be out for the Super Bowl. But it's still going to be a great Sunday and we can't wait to do church together. We're in the middle of a series called A Lamp Unto My Feet. And it's about those moments when you have a decision to make, a problem to solve, a relationship to manage, a circumstance to overcome, a mistake to fix, or an opportunity to seize, and you're not sure what to do. You're not sure where to go. You're not sure how to get from where you are to where you hope to be. You need and you want some light for the path ahead. And that's what this series is about. Three ways that we can find light for our path in 2022. But it's about even more than that, honestly, because as we saw last week, one of the revolutionary truths of our faith is that God wants to light our way. He, as David said, wants to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. That through the Holy Spirit, God wants to personally light the way and even lead the way in our decisions, in our problems, in our relationships, in our circumstances, in our opportunities. And his intent is to protect us and prepare us and prosper us. And so this series is about three ways that you can notice and experience God lighting your way. Or in Christian terms, three ways to experience the Holy Spirit leading in your life. And as we said, if you're not a Christian and honestly not that interested in God leading you anywhere, these three things are for you nevertheless. Because I'm convinced that they will bring light onto whatever path you happen to be on. And last week, it was the only inherently religious one of the three that we're going to talk about. We talked about the idea that God's word is itself a lamp for our feet. That he lights the way first through his word. Because as we saw, the writer of Hebrews says it's living and active. That God hasn't simply spoken. He is actually speaking and he has something to say to you. And we should spend time in it, therefore. And we should read it. Because when we read, the Holy Spirit leads and even if you're not into faith, you'd admit that you read things all the time, hoping that they'll shed some light on the situation or the problem that's in front of you that you don't necessarily believe came from God at all. Like you don't think God wrote it, but you look at it and read it anyway. And so why not read these words that have changed so many lives through the centuries and shaped so much of our culture? And so in light of that, we're spending 21 days reading the Bible together. We're using a, a reading plan created by the Bible Project, and it's a short devotional with a video that you watch and then some pre-selected verses that you read. And I would love for you to join in. We're going to send you the link and post the link of where you can find that. But that was number one. Number, number one was God is a lamp to our feet and a light into our path through his word. But number two is what we're going to talk about today. And it's just as powerful and it's just as practical. It's a way that God has used repeatedly and powerfully in my life to light my way and lead the way through the various facets of life. And it's a piece of your life that is going to have a huge impact on your path forward in 2022. Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, writer of the Proverbs, he wrote these following words, and this will get us thinking in the right direction today. He says this, he wrote this, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. That's from Proverbs chapter 12. And today, I wanna to talk about your friends. 
And that might sound like a really big subject to tackle because, you know, the word friends encompasses a whole lot of people. And the truth is, we do. We have all kinds of friends. You have friends you really know and friends that you sort of know. Friends that you see all the time and friends that you just see once in a while. You have friends that you talk about deep stuff with and those that you just shoot the breeze with. You got friends that you know from work, friends that you know from home, friends that you know from your kids' lives, and friends that you know from church and who knows where else in uh, our community. You have all kinds of different friends, but today I want to talk specifically about these two friends. Like if this is your life and this is you, I want to talk about who's sitting here and who's sitting here. Like the two or so closest people that are sitting next to you in life right now. Uh, These are the people that you hang with when you need someone to hang with. They're the people that you call when you need someone to call. Uh, They're the people who know your birthday and actually read and like your posts on Facebook and Instagram. They're the people who get you, who like you, who have your back, that would show up if you needed them, that they would weigh in if you needed advice, that they would watch your kids if you had an emergency, that they would check on your dog if you were out of town. They would come jump your car if you were broken down. I want to talk about... Your bros, your girls, your crew, your BFFs, the boys, the guys, the ladies. I mean, whatever you call them, that's who I want to talk about. No matter who you are, you have these seats in your life. You have an inner circle. You have this category of friend in your life. And chances are right now, you could tell us who is sitting here. And sure, maybe it's not just two people. Maybe it's 10 people or maybe it's five people or maybe it's just one person but you could tell us about them, like what they're like, what they like to do, what y'all do for fun, uh, funny stories that you have, inside jokes that you tell, uh, nicknames maybe that you have for each other, shows that you talk about, hangs that you've had, things that you've gotten emotional about, and so on and so forth. And and listen, if you're anything like me, at this point in my sermon, (laughs) you might be sitting there thinking, "Uh, hold up, dude, are you about to come after my friends? Like, don't tell me, are you about to criticize the bros? Are you about to throw some shade on my BFFs? Because if so, you and I are going to have a problem. And my response is, yeah, why do you think I'm doing this one on video? No, I'm just kidding. That's not what today is about at all. I'm not about to come after your friends. What I'm actually hoping to do is inspire you to care about these seats and invest in them and the people in them like you never have before. So put your weapons away. Don't send that angry email just yet. Um, Hang with me for a second. Because I want to spend the next few minutes thinking about these seats, perhaps like you haven't thought about them in a very long time, because I think some really, really powerful things could come from it. And I want to start with the question from this verse that I just read. You have these seats in your life. Chances are you can identify the names of who's sitting in them right now. And I know you like them. I know you have memories. I know you have jokes and all of that stuff. But all I want to ask today comes from this verse. Remember, he wrote, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. And all I want to ask today is simply this. How did you choose them? How did you choose these two? Or three or four or five? Like, how how did you pick them? How did you decide who's sitting closest to you in life right now? That's the question I want to ask today. Because I think our answers to that question might be all over the map. Like, for example, some of us would indeed answer with Solomon's words and say, carefully. That's how I chose them. I chose my friends carefully. It was on purpose. I had a plan. I had a strategy. I had people submit applications for review, you know? I I chose them carefully. I did that. In fact, I indeed did that. 
But my suspicion is that that's only some of us. In fact, according to one survey that was about relationships, uh, the results indicated that only 14% of the respondents had an identifiable process that they could articulate for how they chose their friends. And I thought, wow, that's a very small percentage. And whether that survey is accurate or not, I think the trend is probably true. I mean, based on my personal experience and the people that I know. Because, yeah, sure, some of us would in fact say, yeah, I chose my friends carefully. But I think most of us would say, no, nah, if I'm being honest, if I really thought about it, I kind of chose my friends randomly. Like, I think most of us, we would respond with something like, to answer that question, how did you choose your friends or how did you guys become friends? We would honestly just say, uh, well, like we were neighbors or we worked together or I knew him from college or our kids were in the same class or our kids were on the same team or, or well, actually they were a friend of a friend and we met at that thing and now we're friends. This is kind of how it happened. Or we'd say, no, I just didn't have anybody in these seats because we were new to town or because of the shutdown. I hadn't seen anybody in a year and a half. And this was just the first person I saw or the first person that invited me over. And I was like, yes, it's not like I got 50 applicants to my friend poll here, Jamie. Uh, it's not like the bachelorette. Okay. I was just new to town and praying for one friend. And finally some mom at the park took pity on me and talked to me. And now I'm never letting go. You know, I'm a stage five clinger and not a fresh shame to admit it. Uh, and if that's you, Everyone else can identify, so don't feel bad. But to sum it up, I think many of us would just say, hey, how did, how did you choose your friends or how did you guys become friends? We would respond with, I don't really know. It just sort of happened. And this is so many adults in their 30s and 40s that maybe at one time we were really purposeful about our relationships, but then life got crazy and life got busy and you moved and you got a job and the kids and everything. And that focus was lost. And so, yeah, some of us would say carefully. I think many of us would say, it was more in the realm of randomly. But then there's a third category, and it's one that's easier to get in the older and busier you get. One that a lot of men find themselves in for whatever reason. And that is this. A lot of us, if we're being honest, we'd answer the question, how'd I choose these friends? Kind of negligently. And by negligently, I just mean, I don't really have anybody in these seats. I just haven't really prioritized it in a while. I got all kinds of acquaintances, sure. I got all kinds of outer circle people and medium circle people, if you will. And I used to have some of these inner circle ones, but I just kind of let that fade for some years now. I haven't really invested in this lately. You know, we moved houses or, or I moved jobs and I just never replaced them. Haven't really bothered to. But that's the question. Where are you in that? What's your answer? How did you choose who's sitting in these chairs? And that's the question I want to start with because many of us, I bet, don't have a great answer. And you might be thinking, yeah, Jamie, but like, so what? Like, what? that's not the biggest deal in the world. Why is that so important? Like, these are just my people. They're the people I hang with and text with and chill with and talk with. And it's not like that big of a deal, but it was kind of random. I mean, but this is where I think we need a reality check. I, I think this is where we need to tune back in for just a second and, and give some extra thought today because before you just move on and say, oh, this isn't that big of a deal, let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever been directly influenced by these people? Like, think back on your life. How many of you have ever done something dumb because of someone that was sitting in one of these chairs? Me, right? How many of you have ever changed the way that you talk or dress or act because of someone that was sitting in these chairs? 
Or how about this? How many of you have ever changed your character or compromised your values simply because of someone that you were sitting next to closely in life? How many of you, looking back, have ever developed an unhealthy habit because of someone that was sitting in these chairs? How many of you have ever felt less about yourself or lost confidence in yourself because of somebody that you were sitting next to in life and something they said to you or did to you? How many of you have done something unwise or ungodly or something that endangered your future or cost you something valuable or something that you knew was a sin simply because of somebody that was sitting next to you, to your right or to your left? Uh, Christians, how many times, how many of you in your past have ever felt drawn away from your relationship with Jesus or his plan for your life simply because of somebody? that you're sitting next to. And I'm pretty sure the answer is every single one of us. But hey, isn't the flip side also true? How many of us, how many of us have ever been inspired because of somebody that was sitting next to us? How many times in your life, looking back, have you been made so much better than you would have been otherwise simply because of who was sitting next to you. How many a times have you been held back from something stupid? I mean, just the dumbest decision in the world because of somebody that was sitting next to you in life. How many times, how many times looking back, have you been saved from regret because of somebody that was sitting next to you in life? How many times or how often have you had a time when you were pushed forward? You were pushed further faster in your goals or your dreams and in your relationship with God because of someone that was sitting here or sitting here. I hope that's also every one of us. And here's my point. There is something true about who sits in these chairs that makes it one of the most important decisions you will make this year for this year. There's something true about who sits in these chairs that makes it one of the most important decisions you'll ever make in your life. And hey, for those of us who are Christians, there's something true about who sits in these chairs that makes it one of the most important decisions you'll make in your relationship with God. And that something is described in another proverb of King Solomon. In Proverbs chapter 12, as I already read to you, he tells his children and he tells us to choose our friends carefully. But in Proverbs 13, he tells us why. And what he gives us is a principle of friendship and a principle of life. It's neither good or bad. It's just true. That's how principles work. And it's a principle that perhaps someone's told you before. I bet they have. It might even be one you've told your kids before. But I want to tell it to you again today because it's one that the older we get, the easier it is to neglect, the easier it is to ignore, the easier it is to rationalize, the easier it is to compromise, the easier it is to tell ourselves that we're immune to it. But it's one that has incredible power to light your path this year and invite the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life this year. And it's found in Proverbs 13, 20, where King Solomon writes, walk with the wise and become wise. Walk with the wise, and you'll become wise. Now, the word walk there doesn't literally mean to, you know, walk, like physically move next to somebody, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm wiser. No, that's not what he means. Uh, he, the word walk there, he means to walk through life with, to go through life in close community with someone. That's what walk means there. So he's not talking about an acquaintance. He's not talking about your outer circle. He's talking about your inner circle. He's talking about these two chairs. And he's saying you need to walk with the wise. Now, in, in the Bible, and especially in Solomon's Proverbs and poetry and stuff like that, wise people aren't just smart people. It's not what that word means. They're people who are heading in the right direction. 
They're people who are making wise, godly, good decisions, who are realizing more, not less, of their potential, who are growing, not corrupting their character, who are becoming more, not less, of the person that they want to be and the person that God created them to be. And Solomon is saying, when you walk with the wise, you too will become wise. They will rub off on you. You'll make better decisions. You'll have fewer regrets. You'll walk more in God's plan for you. So that's one part of the reason that you should be careful. But here's the second part. He goes on and he says, walk with the wise and become wise for the companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise, become wise for or, or but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, again, the word fool is important to define real quick. A fool in the Bible is somebody who knows what is right, but doesn't do it. They've been warned of the consequences, but they keep going anyway. They've been told what God wants for them, but they don't seek after it. And Solomon says, walking with fools will cause you harm. In the same way that when you walk with the wise, you can't escape being wise and getting wiser. When you walk with fools, you can't escape the harm. Uh, I like to think about it like this. I, I like visuals uh, of things that I'm talking about. And when I read this verse, I, I think about a thermometer. And you know what a thermometer does. What, is, what does a thermometer do? A thermometer takes the temperature of its surroundings. It takes on the temperature of its surroundings. That's what it's created to do. It can't help it. It's just what it does. It, it will reflect the temperature of whatever is around it. And, and, and that's just what they do. And if you were to stick a thermometer, like I say, in boiling water, and I would be like, what? Dude, it's getting hotter. The temperature is rising. Oh my gosh, look what's happening. You'd be like, yeah. I mean, of course it is. What did you think was going to happen? It's a thermometer. Or if you were to put this in, you know, ice, and the temps started dropping, and I was like, no way. Dude, look, the temperature's getting colder. Can you believe it? You'd be like, yeah, I can totally believe it. It's a thermometer. That is what it does. Like, you're, you're crazy. Thermometers take on the temperature of their surroundings, whether they want to or not, whether they intend to or not. It's just what they do. And what Solomon is saying in this proverb to his children and to you and me and to our children and to our friends and our family, what he is saying in this proverb is that when it comes to the people who sit in these chairs, you are like a thermometer. To some degree, you are going to take on the temperature of your surroundings. And if they're wise, you become wise, or at least you will start living a little more wisely and be glad because of it. But if they are fools, you'll start becoming a fool or at least start living more like a fool and you'll suffer because of it. And here's the important part. It doesn't even matter what you want to happen or whether you're trying really hard or praying really hard. It doesn't matter whether you have great intentions and lofty dreams. That's not how thermometers work. They just adapt to whatever temperature is closest to them. And Solomon is saying the same is true of you and the same is true of me. As they go, you're gonna go. As they go, you go. Y'all, come on, you know this. Is, you know this is true. If your friends are making unwise decisions, you're probably going to make some yourself. If your friends are irresponsible, you're probably going to do some irresponsible stuff yourself. If your friends lack self-control, you're probably going to let go of it as well. 
If your friends are mean, you're probably going to start being a little mean. If your friends don't love their spouse as well, you're probably going to start giving yourself a pass from time to time, right? If your friends don't prioritize their families, you're probably going to be tempted to demote them on your priority list as well. If your friends are always making excuses and putting things off till tomorrow, you're probably going to start making excuses yourself. If your friends don't care about the future, you're probably going to start caring less about the future. If your friends don't care about God, you're probably going to start caring less about him. That's just how it works. It's what thermometers do. But here's the deal. In the same way that this principle is true with the companion of fools, don't forget the verse, is also true with the one who walks with the wise. Like if your friends are healthy, you're going to be more healthy. If your friends are disciplined, you're going to be more disciplined. If your friends have integrity, you're going to grow your integrity. If your friends have the right priorities, you're going to bolster your priorities. If your friends are kind, you're probably going to be kind. If your friends are following Jesus, you're going to probably follow him more closely. That's just how it works. You may have all the intentions and desires and plans in the world, but when it comes to your friends, the reality is that what God is saying, what Solomon is saying is true, that as they go, you go. As they go, you go. Because you're a thermometer. Your thermometer, maybe not with everybody, certainly not with everybody in the world, but when it comes to these two people or three or four or five, you are. And as they go, you're going to go. And that is what makes who sits here so important. That's what makes it one of the most important decisions you'll make this year, one of the most important decisions you'll make in your life, and one of the most important decisions you could ever make in your relationship with God, because as they go, you go. So... Are you looking for some light? Would you like to have more confidence than ever that you're going to navigate the decisions and problems and relationships and circumstances and opportunities of 2022 really well? Well, then pay attention here. Spend some time here. Look here. Invest here. Be careful here. Why? Because you won't outrun this principle. And you know it. Like, you know this is true, whether you're a Christian or not. If you have kids, you've told them this before, haven't you? Or, or some form of it. If you're a parent, it doesn't matter what you believe about God. You just know your kids better choose their friends wisely. You are hoping that they do. You're even probably praying that they do. Why? Because you know that the people in their seats hold one of these. And they are going to light the way somewhere this year. And you are hoping that it is somewhere good. You, you know this is true. And you know it's true in other areas, like in business. If you're doing a deal or making a partnership, you are careful about who you let sit in these seats or even who sits in the seats the people you partner with. Why? Because you instinctively know the impact. And the same is true of you and me. The people in these seats are holding one of these. And you owe it to yourself and to your family and to your future to pay careful attention. I'm telling you, some careful attention at the beginning of this year could pay off exponentially because you will have the right people or the right kind of relationships lighting the way wherever you go and whatever you face. But if you are a Jesus follower, for you, I think even more is at stake because as it turns out, these two seats are one of the major, predominant, most common, and most powerful ways that God wants to light your way. That God wants to lead the way this coming year. Did you know that? 
Like, if you're wondering, why is God so interested in my, my relationships and my friendships? This is why. Because to you, they might just be a person to hang with, but to him, they are a lamp that he wants to wield. They are a light that he wants to shine. They are a voice that he wants to use. Have you noticed that? I have. I have found, this is kind of funny to say out loud, but I have found in life that the leading and then the voice of the Holy Spirit can take many forms, but it very often just so happens to sound a lot like the voice of my wife. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when she says, uh, that doesn't sound right. Or, hey, like maybe you're overreacting? <laughs> or, hmm, it kind of seems like you're overthinking this one. Or, hey, maybe you just, maybe you just need a break. Or, I, I kind of think you should follow up with that person. And it sounds like her, but it's the Holy Spirit going, this way, dummy, <laughs> like right here. You need to hear this right now. And come on, isn't that true? Like, have you ever experienced that yourself? Isn't it true that often one of the loudest ways that God speaks into your life, one of the brightest ways that he shines light into your life and onto your path is like through your mom or your mentor or your best friend or your spouse or your small group leader or your boss who's amazing or your teammate? Yeah, I'm telling you, if you are wanting God to light your way, if you want him to be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, if you want to see and experience the Holy Spirit leading the way this year, then pay attention here. Spend some time here. Invest here. Be careful here. Because when it comes to how to experience the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life, how to experience like the divine lamp into your feet and light into your path, number one is his word. But number two is right up there with it, sometimes even more common and even more obvious. And it's these two chairs or three chairs or four or five or however many it is. God wants to light your way through the people who are next to you on your way. Let me say that again. God wants to light your way through the people who are next to you on your way. So the point is, who sits here is a really, 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 really big deal. And I want, and Solomon wants, and God wants, and if you think about it, you want, you want you to be careful with who sits here. Because as they go, you go. And if you have the wrong people, that's a big deal. And if you have no people, that's a big deal. That means your lamp is either off or it is shining in the wrong direction. And that is a big deal because as they go, you go. And one of the greatest predictors, I'm telling you, you know this about your kids too, one of the greatest predictors of where you'll be and who you'll be by year's end, it's not where you want to go. It's not where you're praying to go. That's not the biggest predictor. The biggest predictor is who you are around. So in light of that, in light of that, where will you be in December of 2022? And could you perhaps benefit from a little careful evaluation, a little added intentionality, a little further investment in these seats. And I bet if you're like me, I bet many of us could. And to help you do that, I'd love for you to consider the following questions and take action on at least one of them. I'm going to do it myself. I want you to do it as well. And if you need to talk to somebody about it, process it at lunch, do so. But here are three questions to help us figure out what to do with what Solomon has just said, what God's trying to teach us through what Solomon wrote. Uh, so question number one, in light of everything we've just discussed, who do you need to turn up? Whose presence, whose voice, whose proximity, whose influence do you need to dial up, turn up in your life? Ah, this is such a good question. Who do you need more of in your life? 
And for some of you, you and your spouse, in five minutes, you could identify one or two other couples that you just know God would use as a lamp to your feet and a light to your path if you just turned them up a little bit in your life. And maybe that's your whole takeaway from from today. Uh, What friend or what couple do you need to text and say, hey, it's been a minute, let's reconnect. Let's go to dinner. Let's hang. That might sound small, but it is huge. It's huge. Others of us uh, with this question, what it may highlight for you is that you need a mentor. Like you need someone further down the road to speak into your life and your relationships and even your faith. And, and, and maybe you already know who it should be. So go ask them. What an honoring question to ask somebody. Hey, will you spend the next six months or a year kind of just walking alongside me? And if you don't know who to ask, but you need a mentor, I'd love for you to reach out and email us. I'd love to help you find that and help find someone that would walk with you. Or hey, maybe you realize that the step is to get into the places where you might find those kinds of friends. Like you need to get in a small group because of who God might connect you to. Let us know if you want to get in a small group. We just launched them. We'll figure it out. Some of them are full, but we'll find a place for you. Or maybe you need to serve on Sundays because of who God might connect you to. Go do it. Or hey, maybe this question highlights for you that your chairs are empty and you need to decide that that is not okay. I mean, you think you'll be okay, just keeping on, keeping on, but today maybe God's trying to tell you, no, you won't. Or or you might be okay, but God's going, I'm up to something way more than just okay in your life, and you need to participate with it and go find some people to put in your chairs. So for many of us, this is the huge question, the huge question. Um, Who do you need to turn up? That being said, some of us need to ask the following question, and that is, who do you need to turn down? And listen, this by no means will be a question for all of us, but some of us, you have someone that you need to turn down. And I don't mean necessarily cut off, like, hey, I went to church and God doesn't want to be friends with you, bye, you know, hashtag love where you live. Uh, No, I'm not saying do that, but maybe just remember that you have multiple circles of friends. And maybe you need to just realize that um, you just need to turn their voice and their influence and their presence down a bit, you know? Like move them back a level, maybe. Like maybe they don't need to have direct access and influence to your character and your priorities and your faith. Maybe maybe that seat needs to be reserved for somebody else. And you just need to subtly adjust that volume, you know? But my favorite one is the last one. And this too is such a powerful question. Not just who, who do I need to turn up or who do I maybe need to turn down a little bit, but who do you need to turn into? Like what friendship do you need to start investing in to turn it into the kind of friendship that is a lamp to your feet and a light for your path? And this is specifically where I want to address the probably large percentage of us who are in that random category in the beginning. When I asked, hey, how'd you choose your friends? And you were like, I don't don't know. They just kind of happened. You know, like 20-year-old me chose them or my toddler chose them. It was as random as we met at the park or at work or my kid became friends with that kid, and now his dad is my, my bro, you know? And, and listen, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with a random beginning. But I just want to challenge you not to settle for letting it stay that way. Your closest friendships may have started randomly, but they are too important for you to let them continue randomly. I mean, these are people who are, who are carrying one of these in your life, the people that God wants to use to light your way this year. They're too important. So they, though it may have started randomly, it needs to continue intentionally. It may have started on accident, but it needs to continue on purpose. 
And maybe you need to start right now turning your closest friendships into the kind of relationships that both you and they and God actually want. The kind that God wants to use in your life. And that might look as simple as like a conversation with one of your friends. It sounds something like, hey, we had this sermon at church about friendships the other day, and I just want you to know, I want to be a better friend. I mean, we're good friends, but I want to be even better friends, and you're too important in my life for us just to stay the same and for us not to be awesome. So, hey, I just wanted you to know. Or, or maybe it doesn't even involve a conversation at all. Maybe it just looks like you starting to lead the way. Like you just start making some adjustments and see if that doesn't inspire them to follow your lead. But hey, great question. What friendship do you need to turn into? That kind of friendship. Uh, and in case it helps, I want to give you a description of the kind of friend that you should be looking for and the kind of friend that you should be turning into. And I'm going to send that in the email tomorrow. It's too long to include here. I want to keep it as short as possible since we're all in video. But be on the lookout for that. I at least want to give you like a, like a, like a, at least a standard from the scriptures of the kind of friend that God would like to put in these seats for you and the kind of friend that he would like to make you and your best friends into. Uh, as you're considering this. So be on the lookout for that. But um, for now, who do you need to turn up? Who do you need to turn down? And who do you need to turn into? Do you want a light? You want one of these? You want a light? Well, then pay attention to these chairs because they will light your way. They're gonna lead you somewhere. And when they're the right people, They'll lead, lead you somewhere that you want to go. When they're the right people, they will lead you somewhere that God wants you to go. God will use them to be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. So be careful. Be careful. Because if you walk with the wise, you become wise. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. Let me pray for us and we'll, we'll end. God, thank you so much for this truth from Solomon. I pray that you'd give us wisdom to um, understand why we need to be careful with our friends. I pray that you give extraordinary wisdom right now as we evaluate our friendships, that we would see them correctly and rightly. I pray that you give us wisdom to see who we need to turn up and who we need to maybe turn down a little bit and, and who we need to turn into. And then I pray that you'd give us courage to go do it, to go act on it, to go be careful the friend, uh, with the friends that we choose and the people that we put in these seats. And our, and our hope, God, is that through what you're about to do in our friends and in our seats, um, that you will be a lamp to our feet and a light into our path, that we'll get to the end of this year and we'll be able to look back and say, you know what, I made better decisions. I have fewer regrets. I got healthier relationships. And I have, uh, you know, I've pursued and accomplished more of my goals and my dreams and God's plan for my life than I would have otherwise because of who was to my right and to my left as I was walking through the year. So help us do that. Uh, give us courage to act on it. In Jesus' name, amen.